entering the TGTC. Are you ready for a deep dive? And Jordan's in most of the crap. Can't believe I said that. I've been doing this in 2008. What the fuck do I know? Drawing hands is my kryptonite. Loading up elbow logos. Yeah, look at the show. Welcome to the DGDC, a united team of design professionals, creatively bound to bring unique inspiration and a common perspectives. You can email us listener questions or topic ideas to hello at dgdcpod.com or check out our website, dgdcpod.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at dgdcpod. Plus now you can join in on the conversation. We have a Facebook group. Just pop onto our website and hit the community tab at the top. Now, on with the show. All right, everybody. So we are back for a fun little episode, and it's a report card and a progress report <laughs> and an update on everything that uh, happened at Adobe Max a week or two ago. And um, we put together a cool little episode. Myself, Mikkel, and Jordan are going to talk a little bit about uh, what we saw, a little bit of my experience being there live. And then we've got some really good stuff to listen to afterwards as well, my first takes on things that were recorded right there. And then like we've done in the past, um, I found a bunch of fun, cool little uh, organizations and, and people there and companies who offer some really cool things that I thought would be great for our listeners to listen to. So they're gonna pitch their fun little product and tell you where to go to check it out at the end. But uh, welcome to the episode, guys. How's everybody doing? Good. How you doing, I feel buddy? like a listener this episode. <laughs> I know. Yeah, right. Because yeah, I'm one. excited to hear about the experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know it, it, it was one of those things where it was like, uh, obviously back in person for the first yeah. time in three years yeah. and, uh, had totally missed that. But what was so neat was how fast everybody just was comfortable in being there. It was much smaller than it typically was, but you wouldn't know it. It was like, I think it was 6,000 people as opposed to 13 to 14. Oh, and damn. so it's like half and believe it or not, it didn't feel like half. There were mm -hmm. times where Adobe Max mm -hmm. felt like, whoa, <laughs> I thought it was going to be easy with half the amount of people there, you know? <laughs> so yeah. it was interesting, but like so neat to catch up and see folks that I hadn't seen before or meet new folks. I love the idea that we, for, you know, we forgot how incredible these like communities and these things that allow us to meet other creatives are, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That totally. to me is That's a huge benefit. I mean, I almost see that as half the win when oh, I'm there totally right to obtaining the new and improved information and hearing these leaders of Adobe speak. Yeah. It feels like a good balance. Yeah. And it's recharges a little bit. Um, I know I'm sure Mikhail, you remember and, and, and Jordan from you going to other different kinds of creative conferences in the past too. You mm -hmm. come back so freaking inspired you're like i don't i don't do half as much as what these people were doing yeah or down for that reason yeah for having not for having been in the industry creative space for so long and having not exercised mm -hmm. a to z yeah it's always been super inspiring less of like seeing the work but more like oh yeah like we're all in, in this trench together like these people who i thought were yeah, like way point. up here doing this fucking awesome stuff online like they're having the same problems I am. They're yeah. chasing down invoices or waiting on client feedback or in 10th round of revision and scope creep. Like that was my first conference. Yeah. So like a lot of that, like, okay, 
You know what I mean? Like you, you that, that sort of fancy. You're like, I can breathe way. a little easier now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sure. We're all going through this thing, and and yeah. that was that was really cool. Um, the the excitement was there. The 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 formula that it typically follows, you know, was there as well. Mm. I went on so many different ways. It was really interesting. I got to do a cool session for Adobe uh, live with some folks that I got to interview then went to represent the podcast as well. And then thirdly, I had 35 students with me. So it was like, <laughs> Oh my goodness. Hey, but that's normal. The yeah. students. Yeah. Oh God. And they just, this is their, not only their first convention, but like their first creative convention. And then after two years mm -hmm. of, you know, being mostly home and, and not venturing out too much yeah. to, to get this, I mean, yeah. man, to see it through their eyes was the coolest thing in the world. It was, it was so cool. Like they were just like, they met tons of like their design heroes and it was just the neatest thing, you know, and I, I was just on cloud nine for like three solid days. It was like, so good to be back. <laughs> you Man, know what I mean? That is rad. Yeah. And, and you totally. can see too, I got my Adobe Illustrator pillow right here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And all those years I finally had to get it, but um, yeah, so it was, and to it was the, that was the coolest part. It felt like the, you hadn't skipped a beat. And I, and I, I, I love anything that's like that in our industry. That's kind of brings us back to those times where you took for granted, like how great yeah. any chance it is to get out there and meet other creatives, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. totally, man. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I, I, I want to share with you one cool thing. This was such good reinforcement and such a cool slide that they showed on day one. They wanted to show primarily how creativity in this new world and where we are today is so important. They said there was 90,000 new jobs created in media, communications, art and design over the last decade, 90,000 new jobs. That was yes. really great. Mm -hmm. 50 million jobs in the creative and cultural fields across the world and 165 million creators joined the creator economy since 2020. Mm -hmm. So like good time to be a creative, right? Like I think mm -hmm. that's the biggest message message i i got from that um, yeah i love that feeling you know yeah man that yeah. is i mean i i believe it as well right like last decade what's really changed is like well shit man like social media right like mm -hmm. that's the i bet a pretty big driver and this stuff is just more accessible than ever and i think like not even jumping into maxwell like that seems to be a pretty big theme of like accessibility design for all creative yeah. for all right um so yeah yeah that's that's wild though they're broadening that that scope as much as possible. I think more people yeah. consider themselves maybe creative and they're not technically creative individuals. Like let's say you work at a small company, they can't afford that. Like to get a app that maybe Adobe can supply could turn someone into that. Like maybe that's why mm. these numbers are so, so incredible is because there's just so many new ways to become a creative. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be your full-time 100% occupation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah, because like, it's, it's an interesting placement, you know, and we were sort of chatting on the side, but like as professional creatives who do this for a living, right? Like I, where do you guys kind of stand on this idea of like anyone can sort of create Ooh, now that we've made yeah. things super easy, meaning like you can do, <laughs> you can create a flyer with a click of a button or like, you know what I mean? And yeah. I personally have my own thoughts about it, but I'm interested to, you know, hear what you guys think as fellow creatives. Yeah, like, Mikkel, what do you think a little bit on this subject of click and plug and play? Yeah, I would always newsletter. get intimidated, like, yeah. here it comes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find myself out of a job, and we, everybody knew this was going to happen. But um, 
part of what has furthered with this career is that consultation component that is, Mm -hmm. for example, to be an ambassador of a brand or a Mm -hmm. sub brand practice whereby you can't, you can't plug and play that shit. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to know, you have to have the background expertise and, uh, and knowledge and the education. So that's useful to remind ourselves. Mm. You're, yeah, you're like, remind myself. <laughs> I could do strategy. <laughs> but communicate. Yeah. don't you guys collaborate sometimes with your client point of contact with any given client account where they're working in Canva and they know the general buckets, for example, mm-hmm. that they want to provide, that they want to feature any specific content, but they don't know how to put together and lay out or organize the har- hierarchy or mm. yes good point yeah. i try yeah. to remember those things i think every time we've gone to max or something like this or you see a huge development in ai driven or uh these plug and play apps i get you get worried for a second but then you go wait there's things it can't do that i still specialize in you know mm-hmm. um where it's the fine tuning it's the Yes, a top level, someone can plug and play and make a newsletter or a poster for an event that isn't a designer. But what they can't do is, like you said, maybe it's develop the hierarchy, uh, color strategy, typography choices, uh, all these things. And it, pairings, and yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah. That. yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. Like it is as much as like, you know, we, they push and I get the like marketability behind it because it's an untapped pool of demographic they're going uh-huh. for. But uh-huh. like you can't point and click strategy yet. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe in the future, yet. who fucking knows? But like right now, like yeah. y- you just can't do it. Like you can't tell it like, okay, you were specifically in this crop and this has to be responsive. And like, okay, we're mm-hmm. making flyers, but we need them in three different crops and they have to be at this print level and they got to be, you know, this DPI and we're printing mm-hmm. on this. So like you just can't yeah. do that. And there's so many fucking variables with like strategy and like the it just without the context it doesn't really make sense and so like this side of adobe max i'm never interested in because like mm-hmm. i'm not going to use these tools um yeah. and i don't think you know i'm not too worried about them coming for the jobs with that stuff no i i just think like <laughs> it's a bummer when like i would like them to push maybe more niche stuff or like deeper well into like the, the actual professional side of stuff because i feel like we're getting less and less in favor of Photoshop on the web browser so everyone can use it. Yeah. And yeah. Adobe expresses this whole huge push they're going and it's really geared towards people who aren't creative designers. So like, uh, you know what I yeah. mean? As someone who's been investing professionally for a long time, who has the suite and isn't just like getting Lightroom. Uh, <laughs> I just, I wish there was like a little compass coming back towards us a little bit. That's my only gripe with like this sort of, I, I'm all in for like people who want to like, have make it more approachable for them to kind of like come in and learn. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But it's taking a lot of their bandwidth right now for like where they're oh, doing yeah. with their programs. Don't you feel like we went through this with, with Apple a little bit when yeah. it, when Apple was ours as like creators or, you know, whatever. And then you saw with the, with the iPod and the iMac and every, all of a sudden, and now look at and the iPhone where they are. It's like, mm-hmm. we, they were our company. That's interesting. Right? I totally and, and, remember that. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. And it feels like I, I think Adobe is kind of in that zone. I, I don't feel like they've left us 100%. I like this idea that, yeah, they're bringing new things to the table. I could see some deep, deep base stuff that's going to truly help us. And those little things that help with efficiencies and things, or, um, you know, those dream things that I think we'd love to see in our, in our programs will make, yeah. they seem to be there, but you know, what was funny that what I I've worked a little bit in this, uh, Adobe express thing with Adobe 
uh, on a few tutorials. And what I love about it is it's remarkably insane. It's, mm -hmm. It is something I would recommend anyone try to just explore. It's free. It's through a web browser on your desktop mm. or it's on your uh, an app on your iPhone or your mobile. But what's interesting is I've, I've set it up with brand boards and assets of things I've made for a client. And mm -hmm. let's say the client can't afford a, uh, a, a really seasoned social media person. And they'd, I don't want to do it for them because I would be charging them so much for it too. <laughs> mm -hmm. This allows them to create really good on-brand social media things that I've curated and now mm. their person can go on there and make this great stuff with the logos there and the promotional logos there and all the the product photographies there and the brand colors and the so there's some really cool things that allows people like us to say we could be a better partner with our client you know because mm -hmm. well, yeah them i mean they chance. made note to call that out right like mm -hmm. they definitely like know who's watching it's like it's yeah to help For you sure. as a professional is like you don't want to have to do this stuff with your client which I, I think like to me that's where probably the opportunity lies. Yeah. You know, it's like you can get your client to like take on some of this responsibility if they're like small business and they don't have that sort of like yeah, strategy, marketing strategist or anything. Like yeah. that's pretty rad, right? Like an asset deliverable like media kit that's accessible. That isn't just in a Dropbox that they have to mm -hmm. go like log into the computer and Yeah, that's you know, interesting. Yeah. yeah. And you could use it even for yourself in a lot of ways where even if you make your own stuff for social you could put it, upload it all in there, and you can actually schedule it. You can link to all your accounts, and you can say, drop this on my Instagram Tuesday. Drop this on my thing on LinkedIn on Wednesday. And even if you just use it for it's, it has the automatic um, dimensions of every single possible post you can make on every single possible <laughs> social media platform. You don't have to go Google, what's the LinkedIn post yeah. dimension? Yeah. Like, yeah. So it, it does have, I really would just tell everybody to experiment and look at it um, just for fun because it is, and it uses all Adobe fonts. Uh, so it's, and then it has a few really, the way it does layers, like I think apps like Photoshop and Illustrator are going to eventually do the way layers are on Adobe Express. It's really interesting. Hmm. It's very simple, very, um, I feel like iPad has brought in a lot of UI UX into programs that we can't do with keyboard and mouse, right? Like there's that touchability and stuff. So that's why I'd tell anybody to try it out because there's some fun things on there, uh, which is great. And mm -hmm. so love that idea. And I think they're bringing it to, they really do want to bring that. They're opening it up to all nonprofits. They can basically, you know, use it as well for free. Um, but if you already have Adobe Cloud, you got the premium. So it's kind of fun to, you know, just check out. And I would I would challenge anybody to be like, you know what, this is it's actually fun. Yeah. <laughs> I was like pretty impressed. Did you find now that it's been a couple of weeks or yeah. just short of a couple of weeks? Yeah, like a week and a half. Okay. Um I'm like this with movies. It's like I'll come home, that was the best film I've ever fucking seen. And then I'll see another movie or I'll just start to process internally or out loud. And I'll, Jason and I will book club a little bit after mm -hmm. the fact. And I'll be like, you know, it wasn't really that great. I just had that immediate reaction. And that has happened to me every so often when I come home from Adobe Max. I'm yeah. so wowed in the moment. And you're listening sure. to all the others, ooh and ah. And then you get home and you make yourself Reality. a real drink that's different <laughs> than the restaurants. And you're like, mm. <laughs> uh, we'll see if that really truly rolls out mm -hmm. or if, if it's all talk to excite us for the purpose of the event. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I feel it's a lot of hoopla to encourage and to reinvigorate you a lot of, a yeah. lot of the way. Yeah. They already got you. You're a yeah. customer. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. They're buying up all the competition. So mm-hmm. what would, how are they worried about that? So you're right. Yeah. You, you do. I think there's a, there's obviously that high and then there's that reality kicks in and a good thing was it, uh, it made me go and re- build a few case studies that I'd been totally lagging on for a few months and it got me, you know what I mean? It was like, it was those little things that I think were helpful for me. And that's, that's truly your own choice, right? Like you can come back from this and go, yeah, that was great. You know, let's get back to work. Or you can be like, that was really inspiring. What am I not doing? So if you take it on a personal level, I really wanted to get, take the, the, that high I got from it and improve the things that I'd been slacking on maybe a little bit. You know, mm, sure. But you're right. There are those things where you're like, okay, it's back. It is back. It is such a, it's it's literally like Super Bowl. It's right. It's like you get yeah. this massive amount of like input in three days, and you're you're pretty you're pretty like. I was done at the end of the day, like the Thursday. Yeah, I, I'm, it's like a trip to Vegas. You're ready to go home. <laughs> oh wow, very quickly. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're like, I don't need to see another demo. I don't, yeah. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> interesting. I don't need any more swag. You know. Um, yeah, it's like so, a lot of spectacular in, in yeah. a couple of days packed. But in if like they that. didn't do that, I'd be the first person complaining. You know, yeah. like it wasn't. Well, worth you, it. you know, you have to know to expect that. Of course, of course. Yeah. That's how I kind of see it too. You're like, you, you judge it as well. Like it is a big ticket to, it's a big ticket price for folks who pay for it in specifically individuals that aren't doing it. Their company's not paying for them. So Mm -hmm. you, you, you have every right to kind of like, you know, examine it, go for feedback. I think the feedback thing is the best thing to do after any of these kind of events is take the time to tell them what worked, what didn't, you know, and I think that's like, like, I'd love to see them take it to another city. I think LA is kind of as, as it would be so easy to say, yeah, I love it here because it's 30 minutes away, but mm. is this the the best facility to have a, this kind of a expo in? And I think Vegas and San Diego were 10 times better. Uh, LA is just a, our downtown. So, eh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, um, not, it's not cohesive. Oh, okay. That's I was I wasn't sure the, if you meant layout, congested the, or if you if okay. Yeah, you know what I mean. Okay. Like they do, they do, they tr- the the agency they hire is is. Don't get me wrong. They're they're working night and day for all year for it. But if the layout of the spot you choose does not allow for good walkthroughs and good uh, yes, mm-hmm, totally and good and good transfer of like oh I feel like I'm in the right spot. You know, sometimes it was a little bit it was a little bit crazy. Um, so well, remember when it was elsewhere and then they reverted back to LA mm-hmm. a couple of, of times now including yeah. this most recent time three yeah We're, I think it creates a level of ease for all of the collaborative team that mm-hmm. supports Max regularly mostly yeah. I don't think that they did it for the atten- attendance Oh, they know people will come. As long as it's like West Coast, I think they've already assumed that's where it's going to usually be. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think this one was a credit because they it was the credit of the canceled one in 2020. So it, it was already like paid for right. to be in LA. But yeah. I first thing I wrote was like, can we go back to Vegas? <laughs> you know? Because that's the one the three of us need to be at together. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Um so, but have you, 
have you in hindsight gone back to how you were feeling or what you were taking in and really super impressed with at the beginning at the forefront we don't have that ex- that exhaustion um, yeah, playing yeah, get, mm-hmm. that factor playing and how do, how do you feel about adobe max from from this year compared to the other years for example yeah it it it, it surpassed my expectations cuz i had no even knowing a lot about numbers and and what to expect beforehand i was my mm-hmm. expectations were i was like ooh i i, I hope it's good they mm-hmm. really it felt like any other year, which was great. They, the, that passion, that vibe and everything. And and as well, I love the feeling. Look, we're all use this stuff all the time. I love the fact that that day, everything was updated in all the apps that they were going to show. And it wasn't like a waiting period. You can go right to it and take advantage of those things immediately. Nice. Uh, so that excitement's always there as well. Um, but you're, you're right. You, you do get back to normal world. And it's like anything else that's kind of a... Uh, a tentpole of like, whoa, you know, it's so, so exciting. And then back to normal. Um, yeah, <laughs> kind of like, yeah. then there was that like, I don't want to design for a few days. I'm so burnt out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't, and I couldn't afford that. So it was like trying to find, like, just keep that momentum alive. I, I thought there were really cool things that, one of the things that I started immediately was uh, share to review on mm-hmm. on Illustrator. And I don't know about you guys, but like we all have our probably our ways to like shoot stuff to the client for the review or the process. And Dropbox is a great way. I know people are using Slack and some other things, but what you could do right now is just go share to edit or share to review. And you can just get a link, send it to the client, and they don't have to sign up or do anything. And what they could do is do like very customized pinpoints on the file and write in comments and suggestions and recommendations, and it's all logged, which is great. And I've started that day one, and I, I told a client, hey, I'm gonna test something new with you. Can we see how this works? And so that was a great thing to try immediately. And, mm. um, and we did it even like I did it with my students, believe it or not. They, they created links for their work in AI, and now what I had to do is I'd have to get them to create outlines, save it as a AI, put it in a Dropbox, let me know when it's there, send me a link. Now I get a little prompt that says, you know, Steve has put in an AI file to review. I can look at it that easily right through the thing and I can make changes to it, which is even better if they Hmm. shared to edit. That's, Hmm. that's pretty red. It does. Do you have to use like uh, Adobe cloud with that or is it, Where's it saved as, right? It's like, basically, yeah, it's it's using cloud basically mm. storage to do that because I guess specifically it's theirs though, right? Temporarily like, placing it in there, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. I know. So I haven't like taken the plunge into Adobe Cloud, so like I'm not using these features. Yeah, because I'm so like grandfathered in with Dropbox is what I use now. It's like, same. I don't want to like have another cloud subscription because mm-hmm. I also have Drive for like half. The I'm with you clients. guys. Like, I yeah. I haven't I haven't done it's a it's a lot. Yeah. To yeah. have a whole other drive to worry about, I guess you get a certain amount of free space mm-hmm. with Creative Cloud, but I think for share for for comment or review it doesn't have to live there. It could. That's it, interesting. It, yeah, it, share to edit does because they 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 want they want a uh, a trail back to the the live totally. file. 
if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, I feel yeah. like th- that's a nice little for like retaining clients stuff. I'm not going to always put in a pitch deck or a present presentation deck, right? Sure. Like you kind of want to like ramp up to the before they see the work or the but, print file. Like let's say it's packaging, a hundred percent. Right. And, yeah. Th- and I've always wanted a better system to be like you got to sign off on this, and th- yeah. this asks for it. You can ask for a sign off and all that other stuff, which is yeah. really because PDF really kind of cool. was that forever, but now it's the worst. It's so clunky and mm-hmm. slow and most people don't have it anymore. So like, yeah, it, they can't use it like an interactive PDF anymore. Like it just, yeah. PDF sucks now. And it's so sad. <laughs> Acrobats are acrobat. I mean, but, but don't you still have your clients that prefer the traditional way of annotating PDFs mm-hmm. <laughs> through yeah. and through? Yeah. Oh my no. God. With that. And you see the little yellow star and then there's yep. that like long thing yeah. to the sticky or whatever. <laughs> I know. I know. That needs to redevelop a lot better. <laughs> I think for sure. Um, one of the coolest things that I don't know if you guys have tried it yet, but the intertwine feature on Illustrator became quite a, it was like the, the big thing that like, you're like, whoa, what a cool feature. Why didn't we have this before? But what yeah. it can basically do is with live text, with objects, with anything in Illustrator, when you typically had like your name written out in a font and you have a, call it like a, a rope or a, or a garland of flowers or whatever, you can now intertwine that front, back, front, back, all based on your own commands. Mm. And you don't have to do masks and uh, duplications and all that stuff. It's pretty neat that that was out of nowhere. Like what an yeah. interesting thing to, to, interesting. to yeah. be the star yeah. Yeah. of of Adobe Max. <laughs> yeah. Well, because again, I think like for that demo, I, I'm willing to bet a lot of those people are dealing in Illustrator and I feel like Illustrator rarely gets like big love. It hasn't had it for years. Like yeah. it'll get one thing and this is the one thing this year that people are like grabbing on because like there wasn't much like sharing is cool, but like there isn't a ton going on in Illustrator with this update right now. Yeah. Except for Intertwine, but it is very niche. Like I, I, I've practiced with it, but I haven't found a place where I have to use it yet. You can apply it for your projects. I see. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So it, it is interesting. And I think it's the most interesting thing is like, it's using AI in a way that I didn't really realize like, Oh, okay. AI is not just like generative, you know, mm-hmm. imagery. It, it, this to me is like, seems like a more like functional part of AI where I'm getting into like, okay, there's probably a whole world. Like I can't process or understand where this is going to head, but seeing AI come into like moments like that, like that's cool. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Because it's, again, it's five or six steps that have now been taken down to one. Yeah. And the file is less complicated too. It's, yeah. it's doing it. You, even when you expand it, uh, if you guys haven't tried it yet, give it a shot. You can just search for a few tutorials on there if you, if you need to know some instruction. But I was really impressed. Like you can go into appearance and you can see what it's done. It's kind mm-hmm. of like a action, you know, mm-hmm. basically because you know, when you try to get something in front and then go behind and then in front again, you're basically making multiple, multiple, multiple versions of that same thing, cutting it in masks and trying to, and it's, I, I would never want to send that to a printer or anyone that chopped up, right? Yeah. Or has so, like a register that could come off a little bit, you know, exactly, like kind of exactly, knocking out. Exactly. Yeah. But the um, cool thing is editable. You can keep it live. You can change the letter to something else. You can change the font and all that intertwining stays. Mm-hmm. So big, big ups to that. Like I will be seeing that in every logo trend. <laughs> Watch a hundred percent. One of Bill's uh, <laughs> trends next year. <laughs> Intertwined yeah. logos. Yeah. 
but like the ability to stay alive, I think is like, that's fucking rad. Right. Like, and this is, you know, where, uh, man, you look at something like astute graphics and like all the cool stuff they're doing that is directly about like keeping stuff alive, especially yes. type like, or you can outline it and then turn it back into the font. Like, why can't we do that without these third party? Like, why can't, yeah. it's yeah. easy. Yeah. People amazing. are doing it, you know, yeah. oh, Stu graphics is for anyone who uses illustrator and like hasn't tried them. I highly recommend yeah, they were there as well. I think they did a, a seminar um, to show off their kind of features as well. Mm-hmm. I thought it was neat, too, that everybody seems to be piggybacking off a lot of the things that Adobe's doing. So all the third-party folks that were there, too, are kind of doing the same thing as far as trying to find efficiencies, organization. The AI thing is, like, really becoming <laughs> It's the biggest thing. driver in all the right? software throughout the whole thing, right? This year was, like, creativity for all. And like AI is now doing so much more, you know what I mean? This like sensei thing is not what it was. It's like, no, it's doing things you probably aren't thinking about, which is cool. You know, I think it's, which is mind blowing with, with respect to how, how much we're in these programs day in and day out and what we're not utilizing and billing for time. I just feel (laughs) like for years and years, I mean, I feel like the last five years they've been really pushing this like generative ai imagery mm-hmm. like content fills and stuff there is some useful stuff but like a lot of it is you know catered to like removing the background in a click or like these quick action mm-hmm. things but the problem i find is like despite all that time and effort it's not it's still not as good as like rotoscoping or pen tooling out certain stuff right like when you get out of express design for people who are like non-creatives who are learning like okay i can click a button and removes the sky away from the subject but it's like oh if you want to put that in a publisher or like send that to a client who's going to blow it up on a, you know, it, it's not there. The quality's not there yet. So like, good point. I, I don't use a lot of these quick actions. Cause like for client work, it's not, it's not really usable. Like you, you punch in a little bit and it's like, Jesus Christ, you know? Yeah. 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 It doesn't yeah. even like content feels like a good start, but then I have to go in and actually like treat it specifically. Cause like, mm-hmm. it's still weird. It's still off. So like, yeah. they're not, again, it feels like a lot of that stuff is like geared towards non-professionals while, or, or quick stuff, it's like the low. Quick stuff. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, right. I, I've so, used a lot of that content aware in Photoshop. Yeah. I've, I've mentioned this a thousand times. I am beginner intermediate at the best when it comes to Photoshop. And so to me to have a few things that like, I feel pretty safe with comp stuff, like you're right, with comp mm-hmm. stuff, totally. A final piece, maybe I'm not quite confident with a lot of the AI driven stuff that it does. Um, yeah. But it's just this not topic. This topic in general, like Mm -hmm. we want to do one, we want to do an episode that's really, you know, AI specific. And, and I think this is a great time to ask you guys the questions we would love to know what, what scares you about AI? What excites you about AI? What questions do you have about it? Cause it's, it's here and it's really going to, I feel like the ramp up in the next year to two years is going to be incredible for what we get to do. Isn't it an advantage? Is it a disadvantage? You know, I think this would be a great kind of discussion to really talk um, openly amongst creatives as to, you know, what, how do we navigate this? Cause mm-hmm. I want to use the best of it, but I want to kind of avoid some of the stuff that like really freaks me out. <laughs> Cause we're in territory now where like content aware is a great example of it forever. It's always been like, okay, AI is going to look at your content, your image, and then fill in things it's not making things new it's not pulling things from the internet and sourcing it's like yeah it's not generating content it's it is but only within its parameters that is your image where mm-hmm. now it's pulling something that wasn't there it's creating stuff that wasn't there right like you look at the sneaks 
all of me or where it's like taking something that was cropped that they, the example they have was like the girl without legs. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they gave her legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they had a static image that was like baked in just a JPEG girl without legs. Mm-hmm. And then like she clicked the button and then she had legs like, okay, that's, that's starting. They called it that's... uncrop. Imagine <laughs> it's like, if you got a cropped image of Mikkel, like, like you are right now in the screen. Right. And then you could say like, you know what? I need that. I need full, I need a full picture of her. Right. So mm-hmm. imagine if you could uncrop a picture that is already cropped and you have yeah. no, no idea. And it added the rest of the girl, changed the background. Like you said, then it's like, oh, you know what? I'm, I think we could put her in a better outfit. She, we need her to look more formal. She's too casual in this picture. So it generated multiple backgrounds and multiple wardrobes for this, where you only had the picture of her that was so cropped. I was like, that's, that's crazy. Yes. <laughs> so is the end does the is the end result visually appear like the way we see that brushed up fake shit on the cover of magazines? Do can people tell? It's, yeah. it's it, worse than what we see like the Photoshop smudge and blends. Like it's still AI generative imagery for the most part is like you punch in and it's like, Jesus, this is a nightmare. Like it really works scaled back in low res right now, but that's only going to keep getting better. And this is still experimental. There's just, yeah, yeah. That was a sneak. So yeah. raw. And, but if it ever came out, I'm sure it'd be the best they can do at that time. But yeah. You bring up, but that's a great question. And I think with all this stuff, that's either fake or whatever in the things that we, we consume each day, are we going to be acceptive of the fact that like, I'm not going to trust any photo at that point <laughs> that I see right. anywhere. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. now the one thing they did say, and I, they've talked about this for years is in all this stuff, they're being very cautious about saying that the file itself will have embedded in it, all of the changes that are artificial in there. So Hmm. if there's ever something that is used for the wrong reason, they were talking about, you can imagine audio and video being used in so many different ways that it will be tagged onto the file so you can obviously see they want to make sure authenticity is there and that if there's any alterations to it it is embedded in the file and you can't erase that so i thought that was that was pretty smart of them but again i can make a screen cap of what i found and use that and and, and none of that trail is there i mean i've been reading like people are getting around like the the sort of baked in info pretty pretty easily like i i don't know like how all that's gonna hold up i think for the majority of stuff that'll be fine right like your sort of war memes and political shit you're gonna see it use a lot mostly yeah uh they thought that a photoshop when it first came you know yeah, it's exactly. now yeah. right photoshop is a is a is a is like a common thing that people say that have never even opened the file the yeah. the program right yeah. oh that was photoshopped yeah <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah so it, it's the same degree it's just i think your point is interesting jordan where you said it, it does it pull from what it has or does it pull from a bank of the artificial intelligence? Well, and that's where, yeah. And again, I think this should be its own episode because I yeah. like to talk with people who know a lot more than me. But like, that's where like where it comes from is specifically interesting for me because like that's where the morality might change a little. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You look at like again some of these like popular AI driven places where people are just like it's about how you search. It's the tag words, but you all the best ones you have to tag artists. You have to give it style, right? These things that are mm-hmm. creating imagery. If you just say like yellow duck, you know, in a volcano, whatever, like it's going to look like shit. But until you yeah. give it like actual people's names who have an actual style, they have enough content on the internet for it to like, okay, you know, Draplin, I'm going to type yeah. him in a bunch and his work that I like. 
Well, then yeah. it's like, well, where does it actually like, where's the creative hat trick behind it? Like you're just, you know, like where's the morale of like, you're just kind of plagiarizing a little. Your source is coming straight from like, you're tagging this stuff specifically. Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. that's where, you know, it's Nailed a weird it. place right now. Uh, it's the morale, it, uh, the, the, the moral. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. that thing about like, is this right? Is this, uh, are, are, will our views change and make that, will that be more acceptable to us 10 years from now? Yeah. Probably. But, and it gets there, it doesn't get there overnight, but mm-hmm. it, it is an interesting conversation. Yeah. And, and so we, we want to dive deep into that. And, and I think for sure, if you want in this episode, if you're listening to it in Spotify, there's a great little Q&A thing that you can, uh, we'll ask that question about what would you love to talk about during an AI uh, creative discussion. And we'll put it on the Instagram as well, just so you guys, we'd love to hear what you guys are want to hear about. Because I'm still, we were saying earlier, I don't even know how to navigate through this. And I'm even trying to work with my students to say like, some of the faculty was talking, as soon as we left Max, we were like, We've got to have like a sit down with them so that they know what is real and what is not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was yeah. Instantly. Well, and maybe maybe it can be structured so that it's a round table, did you know, type of workshop like mm-hmm. um, episode so that we're just spitballing in a way yeah. and looking at it together. Well, that's all you um, can do. It's uncharted. Like we're in a we're in a world right now where it's like AI is just uncharted stuff. It's like it's we're learning as it's learning. And so we don't really know what's right, what's wrong, what's ethical, what will people be okay with, what will they not? How can yeah. we like try to plan for Good the idea. future? Like our artists just gonna be like, oh yeah, I don't create. I just I have the best, I can create the best tags. Mm-hmm. I can create the best keywords to get the best results from AI. Like that's gonna be a job. I guarantee it. It already I think it already is. It, mm-hmm. Exactly. It probably I, already is, right? Like the last few podcast episodes I was listening to where people were talking about it for like nft and art that people yeah. are selling like on etsy and some other stuff yeah it's all about your prompts and yep. then fine tuning um and if you haven't tried like i tried mid journey mm-hmm. when that everyone was talking about it i could not believe what it was doing mm-hmm. i was looking for conceptual art for a project i was working on and it was so good i was gonna look into how do i find the rights to this because i'm like it was the most beautiful illustration i'd ever seen <laughs> And I did it with prompts. I was like, oh my God, what is happening? Uh So to show for a comp, like let's say you are going to hire the illustrator. I think it's a great idea to be able like, oh, I could put it in, I can make a quick little rough thing and and then hand it to my illustrator and say, this is, this is what, rather than me trying to draw something I can't do, you know? Mm -hmm. So I saw the the value there, but um, we got to, we're going to dig deeper into this for sure. Yes. So that would be fantastic. We've gotten off the topic, but who cares? Oh, no, it's okay. Well, yeah, we're about to get back on, right? We're going to hear like real time you at Max interviewing people. Yes. Your sort of reactions to like stuff that's coming out. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to dive into. I've listened to it. Great. So, it's gonna be so enjoy the rest of it, guys. Let us know what you want from the AI episode for sure. And uh, we will talk to you soon, but stay tuned for the rest. Hey guys, this is Nick and I just got back from um, Adobe Max week and spent four days out at Los Angeles Convention Center here in LA. So it wasn't too too far for me to travel. Um, unfortunately, Mikkel and Jordan uh, could not make it 
obviously because of just logistics and uh, costs and everything else. So uh, I went and represented the DGDC team, and I, it was one just obviously incredibly cool to be back. Uh, two years of Virtual Max, um, and they did a great job over those last two years because obviously uh, we weren't meeting in person. So for this one, not only was it back in person and at the convention center, uh, it was a bit scaled down. I think on average, they're typically twelve to 15,000 people at Adobe Max, and this year it was at 6,000, I believe, was around the estimated number that they had. Um, but it didn't feel that much less, which was cool. Um, they consolidated the space a little bit, but what was great was it still felt like the last event that we were at in 2019. So couldn't have been happier uh, to one be back. I had a lot of expectations and I was super excited just to be back at a convention and see people and many of the folks who I ran into or was looking forward to seeing you know, I hadn't seen in a good three years. And so that was just the coolest thing to meet and see uh, all the people that I have become friends with over the years of being in this great industry that we're in. So it was a blast for that, that alone, you know. Uh, on a second note, we went as kind of representing the podcast as a sponsor of the show, and we did some really cool interviews that we're gonna play later in this episode. Um, third, I went as an Adobe rep, as working with the Adobe Live team over the last few years, I was able to go and uh, do some interviews with some of the keynote speakers, um, sat on the stage with uh, a great new friend of mine, her name's Fergie, she's an incredible UI UX designer, not the pop star, um, I was a little shocked when I first was like, whoa, I'm meeting Fergie. Uh, it was actually uh, Rebecca Ferguson from UK. Um, maybe some of you know her. She's an incredible UI UX designer and got to interview her on the stage and had a great time kind of uh, doing a live stream with her. And then as a fourth kind of component, I went as a teacher and as an educator, and we had close to 35 of my students were able to come and experience not only like their first conference, not only their first creative conference, but their first Adobe conference, like totally specialized in what they, what they want to do once they get out of school. So for me, like seeing it through their eyes is just the coolest thing to experience. They, their eyes were just lit up at every, every new installment around every corner. Uh, they got to meet some of their biggest design heroes and take pictures with them, buy books, uh, sit through some of the, the sessions that they booked. So you can only imagine it from their point of view, how incredible it was. But overall, I gotta say there was just enough here to just say, wow, I came back, I've been home for about 24 hours, and just, just enough time to kind of let it all sink in and be like, what, what, was, what happened, what was, what stuck? You know, what were the things that I saw that I thought were really, really important enough to share with you guys and um, bring it to you in a, in a cool little update? I got to admit from the very beginning, they were very excited about being back. Obviously, Adobe was as well. Um, and there was a really good energy in the room there. 
with stuff like that. And what they really spend most of the time on is not only updates to some of our software and the things that we use, but they really gave us um, a sense of what to start looking for in the future too. Collaboration is always like super, super top of mind with them. And there's a lot of great new stuff we'll talk about that they're doing there. They really want this idea of speed and ease. And that is what they really are concentrating on with Adobe Express, their online and mobile device kind of media creation powerhouse tool um, that if you have not used yet, do not be fooled. It is not just an app for beginners. Power users can use this. The whole idea is, is that it's like this super fast, super easy way to produce things for online, for social, uh, you name it, print. It's, it's an incredible, incredible app. And thirdly was kind of this idea of precision and superpower. So that's everything we want as professionals in these apps. What do creators depend on? How can we make things faster, simpler, easier, and more driven by AI, which is really kind of unique. Um, all of their flagship programs have been given this incredible boost of innovation through Adobe Sensei, and that's like their artificial intelligence engine. Great name, by the way, super cool. <laughs> Every time I hear that, I just think, perfect name. Um, they've launched cool new breakthrough technologies that are all in those apps, and particularly a few that were shown of what will be happening in the future, but you can only, un only imagine how AI is gonna come into a lot of our tools and things that we use on a daily basis. So that was really kind of the, the three big things there, collaboration, speed and ease, and precision superpowers. Uh, love this idea that when they even showed new updates to Adobe Photoshop, the, the amazing amount of like utility when it comes to simple improvements to something, things that used to take us five or six things, steps to get through are now in one step. Uh, there's an incredible amount of new stuff for changing skies, changing waters, changing landscapes, turning a picture from summer to winter. Those neural filters, I'm sure a lot of you have messed with and played with, are pretty incredible. So it recognizes objects so much easier with one click of a selection tool. And then you can change and edit and do whatever you want to those things. Um, the colorization stuff, the super uh, like auto color all these really cool new tools if you haven't really gone through yet to see what's new make sure in creative cloud you have your auto updates on and if you don't prefer that you know go into the apps that you use all the time and make sure you've got the latest and greatest and then go through the what's new area and you'll see a lot of the things that i'm talking about so you can kind of go through at your own pace uh, lightroom got a few cool new things as well, helping you select people, select objects, select backgrounds uh, with much more ease, all that kind of stuff. I've been really new to Lightroom over the last maybe year. And luckily, I've been able to do some tutorials on Adobe Live that have really helped me understand the difference between Photoshop and Lightroom. I really didn't understand that at first. And it really does prove that Lightroom is the photography app and Photoshop is really the manipulation app. So it's neat to know the difference there as well. So if you haven't checked out Lightroom as well, it's a great app to kind of understand more. I use it on my phone actually a lot, which is really, really cool. In Illustrator, I think probably their biggest takeaway 
and fan favorite by far was this new intertwine feature in Illustrator that makes it a breeze to allow you to wrap illustration in and out of text or another illustration for that matter. So imagine a long type set and you're trying to put a rope or some kind of a long uh, strand through that and you want it to go behind the R and in front of the T and through the E this is a new feature that is out right now that allows you to seamlessly move that through top and bottom behind and in front of an object and it can even be live text which was pretty remarkable to see uh, so you're never having to struggle and make masks and duplicate over and over again and really have an an inconsistent and maybe you know improper file if you're sending off a print or something like that now they've made this so easily so it's called intertwine definitely upload the latest or upgrade to the latest illustrator uh, format and it's under the object area and you'll see you just do a quick lasso to the area you want and it will flip the orientation of just that area and it knows exactly that crisscross is where they want it to go uh, Premiere Pro got a few more things with auto color, uh, auto color with correct footage in just one click. Really incredible stuff there as well to see. Artificial intelligence is definitely the, the next thing that they're really pushing as well. With their Sensei thing and how it's able to do these things, they're finding all these different ways to adapt them into these all of their apps. And the stuff that they showed was really kind of unique to be like, if you have this sunset and there's something missing there, maybe you didn't catch the sun in there and you just circle a little area in the, in the sky, it will recommend what you might want in there. You can even type, uh, you know, orange sun or AM sun or moon uh, with a bit of, you know, texture and it will find the perfect image and not just place it there, but kind of find the right kind of, not only placement, but just the edges and the background and the, the way it fuses with the original image you had. It's pretty incredible. So these are these things that are kind of happening more in the future. But for sure, um, wow, I, I, I'm a, a lot of us talked about this as, as if it's, it's almost like we're not doing the art anymore. Uh, but their big saying, after going through all of this stuff with AI, particularly answering the call to a lot of the AI stuff. I'm sure you've all seen with things like Midjourney and a few of these other services that are out there that can literally build an illustration from just keywords. Adobe's got an answer to that in some way, but their number one thing was, we're here for the ease, speed, and performance of the artist, but by no means are we replacing the artist with anything that we're gonna create. You still have gotta be a designer with an eye, with a concept, with a strategy, but they're just gonna help you get there faster cleaner and all under a licensed that you can trust. And I thought that was a, probably the, the best part about it in a lot of ways where anytime you're using that, you know it's backed up by Adobe, you are paying for it, but obviously it's part of the license. So anything they're gonna offer, I think there was just a bit more confidence with it as well. Going back to something we talked about just a second ago, and I want to dive deeper into it, is this Adobe Express app. And it was kind of, um, you know, their answer to a lot of other, I won't name the names, but I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Uh, these online apps that are web, web browser based, and you can do just about anything on them. And it's plug and play in a lot of ways. But what's so cool about theirs 
is it was definitely it's more tied into the Adobe ecosystem and it's the coolest thing in so many ways because it uses libraries it uses Adobe stock it uses Adobe fonts and anything you bring to the table your own personal assets you can even build a brand board um, as an example what I've done in Adobe Express is I've made a brand board for a few of my clients and that includes all of their logos reversed out, you know, PNGs, AIs, anything you'd put in your library, right? Color swatches, type fonts that the brand uses, um, other elements, trade dresses, borders, uh, accents, secondary logos, whatever it is. And now my clients can create really great social media stuff because it is a shared library, just like I was sharing it to another Adobe Illustrator user. Um, but they could do it on their end. And it's this it's an incredible opportunity to kind of like, if you don't like to do social media and you don't want to charge for it because it might not be the right thing for you, um, here's a great opportunity to show it off to clients, family, use it in schools. It's really incredible. So the app itself was released way back last December, but they've made a ton of new improvements, features. It gets better and better every day. Um, it allows you to access everything right? Even creative pros will totally appreciate this one. But even the, the least trained designer is going to do really, really well on this. So you can use it, use thousands of templates. So you can open a template for Instagram stories and make something. Then you can just say, resize that to a YouTube banner. Boom, it's going to do it. And then you can say, resize that to a LinkedIn ad, whatever you want. All the, all the measurements, everything else is there. Your fonts, your logo types, everything, including, like I said earlier, your brand guidelines. You basically can build that right on there, which is just the coolest thing to be able to use the art you've already created. They have this new thing that's like, it's it's like a text, um, and I don't believe it's out just yet, but this, they showed it to us to show how it would work. You pick a font, and let's say you want that that font, whatever it is, that type treatment, to the word is orchid, and you want the font to have some orchid-like feel to it you hit you type in orchid and it kind of spun a little bit and adobe since i did it's like it's magic and the font now looked like it was made of a collage of orchids you pick the color you could do you can pick the shadowing uh, you change the font and it does that same effect to whatever font you apply it to so it's not just a, a standard vanilla font it will do it to anything that you possibly want to apply that to incredible uh, an animation is now part of it as well. The, some of these other ones that can't, came in there are including multimedia editing, real-time collaborations, new workflow between Express, Photoshop, Web, and AI, and all that really cool stuff that will automatically generate to help you out as well. And they even hinted to a collaboration with them and Wix, and this idea that you build all your assets and everything in Express, and it populates a Wix website that you'd make, but if you update any of those assets, they automatically get updated in Wix and on your site. So that was really cool. Next up is a thing based on collaboration. And I don't know how you guys work with maybe some of your clients and sharing work to them to be looked at or to be reviewed. So now they've offered two new sections there. When you hit the share button, let's say you're in Adobe Illustrator, and I did this this morning for the first time, with some clients. You either get invite to edit or invite to review. 
and invite to review, all you need to do is put in the uh, email address of the person you're sending it to, or you can create a link, a shareable link. I used the link feature and it gave me a link and I put it in an email to my client and I said, hey, we're trying out something new, check this out. I usually would give them a Dropbox link. So I'm not sending any actual file and increasing you know, attachment sizes on, on all my emails. So I would usually send a Dropbox link and say, here it is to look at. Now they can get on there and it has allowed the creator, you and I, to share the work with any stakeholder and they get it through a web browser. And basically they review it in any of the browsers they're using. They can make comments. They can use a small little pin or an arrow or a circle or anything. So you know exactly what they're talking about. And they don't even need to log in. That's, I'm, I'm so happy with that because the last thing you want to do is send something to a client and have them have to like basically like, you know, sign in something whole new and then they're reluctant to do it because they've got to share an email address. They do not have to do that. All they got to do is follow those feedbacks, get in there and basically make any, any kind of remark or response to the work and then you get it back with a detailed list of what that person has said. So again, that I thought was remarkably cool to have that. I don't have to have a separate Dropbox file or place it in there and then retrieve that link. I could do it right in the app. Now I haven't received the comments back just yet, so I'm, I, I can't explain how that system will go. But once you do get it, a new dialog box pops up within Illustrator on that file and you'll see everything in there. Um, and you can make those changes and do whatever. You can also refer back to previous versions. So if the client goes like, I love this part in, in you know, version one or whatever, because they've seen that, now it kind of keeps everything in order. I just thought that was really, really cool to kind of figure out. So I've tried it out today. I'll tell you more about it once uh, I get some reply back. Um, they talked a lot about their content authenticity initiative. With all this AI, you know, they want to make sure that everything has credentials, everything is attributed to a, a real piece. And basically any alterations or things that will be made to any image, any video, any audio will have that on there that it has been altered. They wanna make sure that in the future, no one can use altered material for anything, you know, anything negative. The idea here is that they're working with something like 800 different companies to ensure that there's an authenticity to anything made, uh, very similar to how NFTs have a basic uh, certificate of authenticity and ownership. So I thought that was really cool as well. Um, you know, some standouts for me, there were some really great sessions, um, learned a little bit more about Adobe Dimension, Adobe Arrow. Those were the two things I really was more interested in. The What's New in Illustrator showed us all of these things. If you haven't tried this Intertwine yet, um, it's really cool. I'm assuming you're, we're gonna see Intertwine uh, incorporated into a lot of new branding and logo design over the next few years because uh, it's now such a simple thing to do. Uh, overall, the community pavilion area is a great spot to hang out while you're in between sessions. Got to meet a ton of new folks and some vendors to kind of see what's new. These are all people you know, building companies, building products to help support creatives like us and make things even easier in our workflows and you know, in our collaboration and in our design. Uh, you know, overall, I'm telling you, it was just a blast to be to be at and and experience it with people again. You know, we we ended it with a night of about six thousand people, all in front of 
a big stage, 21 Pilots played, Steve Aoki uh, DJed. The 21 Pilots concert was by far one of the highlights. Those guys, always a fan of theirs, never really like a super fan, but now I'm just completely, uh, was just completely blown away. It was such a great time and a great concert. They were uh, a perfect way to kind of end it all off. And, um, and again, you know, seeing my students have the time of their life and, and, and also learn uh, gives them that reassurance that we all want, that we've, we're in the field that we, we really want and love, you know, that, that kind of reassurance that we picked the right thing. Uh, I think a lot of us might know that by now, but, you know, young designers, uh, they really need to see that and experience it live. So it was, it was a blast. And again, happy to have gone, happy to have been there in person. Um, can't wait for the next one. I'm, I'm now in conference mode all over again, uh, firing up all the cylinders to get back there and, and try a few more out there all over the, all over the country. So hopefully, um, this was a cool little update for you guys as a, as a special treat as well. Uh, for those of you who I know for so many reasons, uh, cannot attend, um, based on travel time, cost, whatever it might be location. I went around to all of these vendors that were scattered amongst the community pavilion. And when I found one or two there that uh, I thought would be a really great asset for you guys to be introduced to, it could be some something you might be interested in, something you need. I wound up getting probably six to seven great little interviews with the either the CEO or the owner or the representative of that company. And I'll provide links in, in the show notes for this episode as well. But take a listen. There's some there's something here for everybody. Uh, this is me on the floor talking to a bunch of those folks, letting them promote their product to the designers that just couldn't make it for the actual event. So I hope you enjoy that. Again, um, so happy to share a little bit with you about my experience. Here are those interviews. Thanks so much. Bye. All right, guys, we're here with Neff from Zero Height. Is that correct? That is correct. All right, so tell our listeners why they got to check you guys out. We got, a lot of, we got a lot of UIUX designers and subscribers there, big time into that. So tell us about your prompt. Totally. So Zero Height is a way to maintain brand consistency while also being able to ship UX a whole lot faster. And generally, those things feel like they are in contention with each other. Um, but what Zero Height allows you to do is pull in all of your design uploads from places like Figma or Adobe XD, add some rules on top of that, usage guidelines, get that code that your developers are using from Storybook or displaying like live code snippets. So you have all of these reusable components in your design system that folks can come back and reference over and over again in order to be able to create products that are really consistent and easy to create. That was an amazing pitch. <laughs> I, I try my best. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're a pro at this. But I love the idea of it. It almost is like creating that style guide, the graphic standards, everything. So no mistakes down the road. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I, lots of folks are using Zero Height as a training tool. So you got that new designer who joins your team. And instead of them having to learn everything person to person, they've got this entire repository that they can go back and revisit. Or let's say you've got turnover and you need to make sure that somebody um, is able to like get up to speed quickly. So lots of different ways that you might want to operationalize that, but it absolutely is a sort of central repository. That's awesome. What would you say your users are bragging about the most? What's the one thing that keeps them coming back to use it? Yeah, I think it's how easy it is to get set up. So if you go to zerohype.com, 
talk right now, you can get set up, sort of have your first component button, whatever it is, sort of documented, probably in about 15 minutes. Um, and then from there, the dividends sort of pay themselves out over time because you took 15 minutes to document that, and then it's going to be reused throughout your product hundreds, two hundreds times. Um, so I think that's what people rave about when it comes to zero hype. I love that. So tell them again, where can they go to check it out? Yeah, absolutely. You can find us at zerohype.com. Uh, we even have a free plan if you want to build out like a quick proof of concept or something awesome. like that. Um, so definitely check us out. We're really excited to meet you. You got it. Thanks, Neff. Thank you. Austin, correct? From Marpipe. Yep. All right, tell our listeners a little bit about what you got here. We got a lot of social media designers yeah. that do follow us and are subscribers of our podcast. Tell them a little bit about your app. Yeah, so Marpipe is a creative automation and testing platform in which you can build out all of um, all of the different iterations of your design and um, through, auto, through an automated system and then push it directly to uh, Facebook and Instagram in order to get back granular data on like what copy is working, what images within the advertisements are working, and then you'll be able to um, have data-backed information in order to say like, let's go let's go with like this concept for a copy. Let's, um, if instead of having like dogs and humans together, let's just show dogs or let's just show cats, things like that. And you can say it with um, total confidence and it works for pretty much every single industry that works off of uh, paid social. That's great, and then the designer or the marketing team or whoever gets to see the live data exactly. kind of based on how, it's almost like an instant ranking of what did better. Exactly, and so um, the, the ultimate goal is right now, marketers and designers are kind of siloed off. They each have their own tech stacks. Yeah. There's not really like a huge amount of communication. So we're building like a universal hub for them to go in and each see the data and say like, this is working really well for the marketers on their side, and this is working really well for the creatives on their side. So kind of just like, um, having them coexist a little bit more. Perfect. Where can they go and check it out? Tell them a little bit about maybe website or yeah. you tell Absolutely. So you can uh, just go to marpipe.com. Uh, we have all of the information there as well as um, all of the different, uh, all of our different features, our product benefits, things like that. Uh, feel free to reach out um, and then, yeah, so, uh, shoot us a message. That would be great. Thanks yeah. so much, bud. Absolutely. Appreciate it. All right. We are here with Owen from Mark. Correct. That's right. Yeah, I'm Owen Fuller, the CEO of Mark. So glad to be with you, Nick. Great. All right. So, dude, you have the answer for, I think, what a lot of our listeners would kill for. Tell us a little about the inspiration about your, your app here or your software and what it does. Yeah, appreciate that. Well, it actually started before I joined. I, I joined in 2017, and it had already been going since 2014. But the reason I joined to um, lead this, this company is because I knew the pain so well myself. Because I had actually built and sold a marketing agency and we we're kind of a unique agency in that we we're often in charge of all of the marketing for large companies and, and often for like franchises or companies that really cared about their brand but they had a hard time managing it. And I found that with my team, we were constantly getting inundated with requests for mm -hmm. changes to things. Like we were working with a group with, you know, 50 franchise locations and, and there would be these little tiny edits or tweaks they needed to make in the things they were producing. And I knew there had to be a better way. There had to be a platform that could make make it so that those people on the front line, whether they're franchisees or um, people that were running independent offices or agents or salespeople or whoever they were, that even if they're not professional graphic designers, they could make beautiful, effective on-brand content. And that's what we do at Mark. We were formerly known as Lucid Press, but we have this great platform that makes it easy for that central marketing team to create templates, 
locker, partially lock them down, get them out to everybody who needs them, and so everybody ends up happy. So the designer will work on InDesign or their native app, sure. and then upload it to you guys. Uh, that, is that's that right. how it would yeah, typically work? You so let's say they set, this is touchable, this is locked. That you definitely, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. You definitely can do that. Now, a lot of people, once they get familiar with Mark, they go ahead and build their templates on Mark too. Mm -hmm. It's a fully formed oh, and functioning design better. platform, yeah. but we'd love to pull things in from other places too, because that's great. So. These, the, the professional, you know, creative directors, graphic designers, the people that are at the heart of this, they they make it, then they bring it to Mark, and then they templatize it, lock or partially lock it down, and then everybody in a company, whether it's, you know, 10 people or 100,000 people, know where they need to go for all of their templates. So, God forbid, the date changes on something. That's right. Now it doesn't have to go to yes. back to that one single creative in the entire company. Someone else can do it simply and easily. That's right. People are empowered to then change what they should be able to change, but they're also kept through guardrails from breaking it. And another great piece of this is that uh, you can integrate with uh, data sources. So, for example, on the date, date uh, uh, example you just gave there, someone could have a, a whole t set of templates set up, but there could be a smart field that would say, you know, put in today's date or put in this date, oh, or perfect. you could change it and then shoot it out to all the templates at once. So these are very smart, nice. integrated templates, which again makes it easier for the people managing it and easier for the people who are creating the content. Perfect. Do you find a lot of the designers themselves are the ones that introduce your business to their employer all the time yeah. all the time so we're here at adobe max which is great right people come up and i was just talking to a great uh graphic designer from university we work with over 180 universities and she was like i feel this pain so much she's like please you know please can you help me sell this to the people who are in charge like the cmo of the university is absolutely you know it's a great difference maker because Again, it's better for the centralized team, but it's also better for the whole organization where they're trying to drive yes. growth or you know reduce risk. Sometimes we're working with highly regulated industries where it's like, hey, if you don't have the right thing on those or market materials, you could be in big right. trouble. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Wow, that's a great way to kind of safeguard that's everything. Right. Less errors, less coming back for those small little changes and everything. So where can they go to check this out? Go to mark.com. That's M-A-R-Q.com. Again, we were formerly Lucid Press. We rebranded just a couple months ago. I'm Owen, the CEO. Happy to connect with you. Uh, if you'd like to add me on LinkedIn or connect wherever is smooth, we've got a whole bunch of uh, people here at our team that are eager to chat with you, hear what you have going on, and see if we can help you to make your life a little better. That's fantastic, man. Thanks. Okay, thank you so much. All right, okay. we are here with Ariel from Global Edit, right? Yes. All right. Hi, how's it going? Really good. Thanks for taking the time again. Um, we met up at Adobe Max and I wanted to give them a chance to kind of just tell our listeners a little bit about what you guys have and how convenient and, you know, just perfect it might be for any of our listeners. So tell them a little bit about what Global Edit is all about. Yeah. So Global Edit is a work in progress uh, solution to help teams work better together and collaborate on assets of all kinds, photo, video, uh, really a way for teams to work better together. Uh, so we can, with our platform, it is a cloud-based uh, application and you can log in from anywhere, upload photo assets, video assets, and be able to work with people all across the world, have them uh, sign in and look at a photo, comment on it, and see that in real time so you can get work done better together and faster. That's great. And I I was really cool to see that you guys really do specialize for creative teams. 
Yeah, so we really specialize in work in progress for creative teams. So that uh, if a photographer uploads photos that an art director can go in and really work on it in real time and get projects done together and be able to get that out as soon as possible uh, for whatever job they're working on. That's great. What, what if some clients like maybe, maybe put out there that they're seeing benefits of working with Global Edit? Have they kind of shared with you guys? I see a lot on your website, but I'm sure there's been some really good kind of like, you know, noteworthy things that have made it a little more convenient for them and their teams. Yeah, so a lot of our clients uh, work with huge volumes of assets. So just the fact that they can go in and whittle down from thousands of assets to just a couple and be able to do that and then give it on to the next person in the team. So the progress just works faster. So we've heard from clients that they were doing a lot of manual uh, solutions before, and this has cut their time really more than more than in half so that they can go in and make those adjustments and get a project out faster so they can work on the next project. So especially in, we have clients that work uh, in really fast time schedules and they can get on to the next thing and actually have time to be creative in a project. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed a lot of folks were saying too, that it kind of helps them cut the time in half, like you said, mm -hmm. and then they're so much more productive and they can race to the next job a little bit quicker and a little more confidently. Cause I know when you're working with a big team and particularly with like thousands of assets, if you mm -hmm. can find a way, I think it was so smart. You saying that we used to do these things so manually, we found ways to yeah. do it. And now these systems have really helped us kind of streamline the whole process. Yeah, and we really want to make sure that if you're really good at something, that you can do that super well, and then you can tell your teammate, hey, this is ready for you, and they know they can go in and be able to see something immediately without waiting on like a transfer of something or waiting for something to upload. Like It's just already there. Yeah, and so where can our listeners go and check this out? Where should they go? So to check us out, you can either go to globaledit.com uh, or we're doing a 60-day free trial. And the website for that is get.globaledit.com slash Adobe Max. Uh, and there you can do a 60-day free trial, test us out, see how amazing we are, um, and go further from there. That's great. Two months. <laughs> yeah, two months. Yeah. That's, yeah. How that's did you pass that up. <laughs> like the best trial there is. Normally it's like a week or something. That's perfect. Well, great. Thanks so much, Ariel. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for reaching back out too. Oh, no worries. Bye.